What's up, all you hitchhikers? Welcome back to another episode of The Strange Road. What's going on? I'm Mikey. This is Bub. As always, hey. we have Stoner in the background hitting all the the important buttons. The wizard. Uh, the tech wizard behind the scenes. The uh, Bub, we got a pretty awesome guest today. Pretty yeah. dope episode. Yep. Um, we have been waiting for this one. We have uh, a project that we've been working on <clears throat> for a bit. Uh, we filmed a... Uh, awesome video with our guest today, Thomas Johnson, back uh, a little over over a year now, and we decided to turn this video of Tom's Serpent Mount Impact Crater tour that he's been giving for about 25 years. Wow. Uh, so we decided, uh, hey, let's have Tom on. We yeah. released the video today. You guys can check it out. The link's in uh, the description. And uh, to see that full, it's about 20, 20 some minutes with credits. It's a little over twenty minutes long, yep. but it's a it's a really nice presentation and tour of the Serpent Mound Impact Crater, which everyone knows Serpent Mound, um, but to not many people know there was an impact. This crater, crater is unreal. Most and, people don't know there's an impact crater there. Right, right. Um, but we met Tom. Uh, for a while ago now, uh, stopped in at his rock shop, met Tom and Terry. We've helped them out with a, a few of their events. Yeah. Uh, the Serpent Mound um, Star Knowledge P, uh, Peace Summits that they have um, on the equinoxes, different times of the year, solstices and so forth. And so we've kind of gotten to know Tom and his wife, Terry, amazing people. Yeah. And really during COVID gave us a shot to help them kind of show that some of the virtual event stuff that we had been really kind of procuring. Right. Uh, kind of make try to make happen um so we really appreciated them but <clears throat> well and it's that whole you know again the philosophy of only so many people might make it there there's a lot of people that might want to participate in some way or be able to view it and at least see it and i think that's kind of that function and that niche that we're trying to get into and fill is we want to preserve this stuff we yep. want to be able to share this with people i don't want yep. to be the only one that gets to go there and then just talk about it right. i'd like it if you can see it and understand it too and you know get that kind of um uh, knowledge level from it, you yep. know, instead of just me reiterating it to you. Exactly. But, you know, Tom has been in the Serpent Mound area forever, really researching trilobites. And I'm actually going to uh, kick it over to our guest, Tom, right. to, to tell us a little bit about, I don't want to try to intro you. I want you to be able to kind of give us a little bit of background of how you, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you Absolutely. so Thank much you. for coming, man. Yeah, we appreciate we it. always have a great time hanging out with you. Um, but yeah, I just really uh, love to give you the floor and a little bit of background of how you ended up in such a mystical, weird area. Well, it, it, <laughs> it began back in the, uh, it actually began back in the 70s. And uh, I decided that I was tired of building Cadillacs in Detroit for General Motors. And uh, I figured out a way to go into business and be self-supportive. So I came to Ohio and Southern Ohio, where um, some people had kind of cued me into different areas to collect fossils, um, specifically trilobites. And uh, it's been a lifelong passion already. And uh, so I, I moved to Ohio in 78 and uh, began searching the stream beds and, and uh, collecting and, and selling, as, as I had been doing previously. But uh, I was an entrepreneur. And uh, it was just a different way of life. I didn't have anybody telling me what to do or how to do it. And uh, I kind of like that. I broke, I broke away from that sure. part of the matrix, if you will. 
And uh, so I've been enjoying it ever since. And it uh, takes you to nature uh, every day. And uh, all the responsibility is on yourself. So with that, I, uh, I'm not, I don't have a problem working seven days a week because it's not really work. It's something that you enjoy to do. Right. And uh, I, get, I hear that frequently in the, in the shop. Uh, people come in and say, you don't know how lucky you are. So I, I, I can appreciate those words. And, um, but when I came here, um, I, one of the reasons I came to the area was the uh, Serpent Mound crypto explosion structure. And um, one of the guys that I had looked into in the past, uh, Dr. John Locke, back in the 1830s, he did research on the crater where I'm, I'm living now on the very edge of it. And uh, he said the geology was upside down. And I, I've been studying geology most of my life working with the trilobites. And uh, not on a formal level, but on my own level. And uh, it was just interesting to see the geology upside down. And, and it's like, how did that happen? So I've spent many, many years looking at it and observing it and, and figuring out a few things that uh, people have never really looked at. And, uh, but these, these things don't come overnight. They, they come over years and years of work. Right. And it, it's just like the paleontology. It's the same thing. You, you'll look at fossils, thousands and thousands of specimens. And then one day it clicks, it goes, aha, you got the aha moment. Right. And so I've had several aha moments since I've been here. And, uh, at what brought me to the actual crater. I was living off-site several miles away doing research on our state fossil, the Isotelus. And it's a large trilobite, and that's one of the things that attracted me to southern Ohio was these big trilobites. In fact, they're the largest trilobites uh, of that particular kind in the world. And uh, so being, a, being into paleontology and wanting to get bigger, badder, better things, I moved here. Yeah. And... Uh, Somebody came up to me when I was in Egypt and said, you know, you need to go to uh, Serpent Mound and take some pictures. And I said, well, I know where that is. So Wait, you're in Egypt and somebody says you need to go to Serpent Mound in Ohio? Exactly. That's it, so weird. It was, a, uh, wow. <laughs> was part of a world peace movement. <laughs> and so, uh, great. so I was on tour over there. And uh, so I, I came up to Serpent Mound. And on the way up, I passed by this old house that's for sale. And I... I like the architecture. I always admired it, and I noticed there's a guy working on it all the time and yeah. fixing it up. And uh, come to find out, he tried to sell it, and uh, nobody in the area, everybody in the area, knew the history of the house. Except so, you, yeah. except me, right? <laughs> and and I had no previous knowledge of the history of that house, but right. I liked the architecture. So I went to the bank and and. The day that I signed the papers was the day that the price of the house dropped in half. And even the local bank knew about this house, right? So we get this house, and, and we're there the first day, and this guy shows up that used to own the house. He lived there. He grew up there. And he says, have you seen any spoofs yet? And I said, what's that? <laughs> he said, oh, you'll find out. Oh my and we gosh. did. We found out pretty quick. But uh, the house is definitely a, a porthole for coming and goings of different spirits okay and and they're not they're not mean they're actually very comical yeah and so uh, i i lived with that for years and uh, experienced a lot of unusual phenomena that you don't see on tv or it's not written about but right. yet it was happening i'm going like well, what is this all about and there's a moments you know that 
you don't catch it on camera, you don't get it recorded, whatever it is. You know it happened. You existed through it. How do you explain it to somebody else? How do you even try to frame this up and know, right? Get somebody to understand it the way you experienced it, right? Yeah, and it's getting the um, even the paranormal people that come have come to do the research, and they walk away scratching their head, going like, mm, "I don't know if I want to come back." Really? Because there's there's things that happen that they're not explained, and uh, I think the most bizarre thing that happens there is. There will be two of me or two of Terry or two of somebody else that comes to visit. Are you talking about doppelgangers? Well, doppelgangers are kind of like that. No, I, and what I mean is I had never heard of – I know there's doppelgangers out there. Like there's somebody that looks like you, right, or looks like Mike or looks like me. Right. What I mean in the doppelganger sense of how I'm saying it now is the doppelganger phenomena of there is somebody that looks exactly like me. People see me in town. I won't respond to them or say anything. And they Mike comes up you. to me, you know, two weeks later and goes, hey, man, the hell I saw you, you know, at the light. And I waved at you and I know you saw me and you just wouldn't wave back. And I know it was you. It was your <laughs> car even. Sometimes it even goes that far to it was mm-hmm. your vehicle you were in. Right. And the doppelganger doesn't respond. And the person that's being accused is like, what are you talking about? So you mean instances like that and, happening? Yes. And it's, well, the most recent one um, Terry is just coming back from Serpent Mound. She goes up there every day, walks around, prays. And um, she saw me working in the corner of the yard on some mushrooms that were just carved, morale mushrooms. And I was standing there with the carver. And it was hot. I had a towel around my neck. And uh, she pulls in the driveway, and there's cars in the driveway, and the shop door's open. He goes, oh, my gosh, there's nobody in the shop. I've got to go in there and, you know, wait on these people because right. that happens. Right. And uh, she goes in the shop, and there I am behind the counter waiting on people. And she said, what? You're, you're, out, you're out there in the yard. I, no, I'm right here. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were outside the shop. Right. <laughs> Terry shows up. Right. And says nobody's in the shop. Right. She, she goes in the shop. Mm-hmm. You're in the shop, but you're not in the shop. Right. I, I'm in the shop, and I'm out there. Did she talk to you in the shop? Yes. Oh, yes. That was me in the shop. Now, what what was out there where the carver was at the mushrooms... Was not you. Was not the me. The one at the mushroom carving wasn't you. You were in the shop. Yes. Okay, I thought it was the other way around for a wow. second. So yeah. I, I, the one I'm out by the that. mushroom yeah. carving, who saw you out there? Terry. So, and that's happened multiple times. And Did anybody else witness the other you with the carvings? No. Okay. Not that I know of. Now, it, it's happened numerous times. And, and it's, um, I think it has to do with splitting of dimensions. Mm. Yeah. And because I've been out there before with that guy, all right? It's like right. it's being played back. Yep. It's or like it's, a recorded energetically recorded mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're seeing almost like a Memory. hologram or the holographic playback right what if it's actually like bending, you're saying with universe bending space time it's that area kind of and we'll get into some of the what if it's different electromagnet- what if it is you from another <coughs> right plane of existence right another out there too. another example was terry um we were getting ready for a sweat lodge and yeah. and terry was inside the shop and she was dressed, uh, she had just had her plain street clothes on. She was in the back sitting at the desk talking to people. And Frank, the 
uh, son-in-law, he had to go to the house to get something for a customer. Mm -hmm. He goes down the walkway, and the sweat lodge is sitting right there. And he didn't think anything about it, but Terry was out at the sweat lodge directing people to do things. All right, in regalia, full regalia. And he goes in the house, and he comes back into the shop, and he looks at Terry, and he says, you were out there, you're out there dressed in the sweat lodge. You're, he says, but you're, you're back there, you're dressed differently. Terry says, I've been here all the time. Well, it made a believer out of him. Whoa. <laughs> so did he, after he saw her there, did he No, to go back? He I didn't mean, go back out. <laughs> he's probably freaked out like I would have been. Yeah, it just, it kind of changed his perspective about what we've been saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yes. uh, it, but that's happened, it's happened numerous times. And it's even the paranormal people that came to investigate. Um, good that's example. Wild. Um, they came, there's, there's, uh, six people and two, they had three teams broke up and one of the teams was upstairs working and, uh, Terry and I are sitting on the porch. It's in the evening. They have the house wired for sound. Um, road noise was real low. And, uh, the one gal comes downstairs and opens up the door and walks out on the porch and then walks down the steps. And Terry says, how's it going up there? She'd been up there for like an hour. She didn't say anything. She walks down in the front lawn, looks around, turns around, comes right back in the house, and goes back upstairs. An hour later, her and her mom came downstairs. They're standing on the porch, and Terry says, how come you didn't talk to me when you came downstairs? And she goes, I've been up there for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it happens. I got chills. It yeah, happens right. with more than one person. I, right. So you wow. have verification from, Jeez. you know, it could understand some criticism if it's just you and Terry. Right. You know. Carbon monoxide poisoning. But when you have right. people, right, you have people from, you know, that aren't living as a part of your family that are just coming in and having these experiences during visits and just completely random times. Is there anything with the weather that's happening? Is there anything peculiar with, uh, you know, <clears throat> some of the things that we talk about with the impact crater is well, yeah. some of these energy flows. Right. And so we're definitely forth. protected from the weather. Uh, we're in a very low spot there, but being on the Southeastern corner of the crater, uh, when the cloud energies come in and impact the crater on the western side, they tend to get dissipated and go around and float over top of us. Yeah. So consequently, we've had several tornadoes since I've lived there. Circles okay. that. Okay. I see what you're saying. And, it hits and, it and pushes it around Right, and that's been witnessed by hundreds of people at one of our <clears throat> events that happened. So early on in the house, remember that. when you move in, and, and so... You meet, you move in, you buy the property, and then you meet Terry, and you guys uh, basically uh, start the rock shop and so forth. Right. So how long were you living in the house uh, when you had just got there, and then Terry comes in? Is this activity happening right away? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, but uh, Terry hasn't, Terry, Terry was a customer of mine in the rock shop. Gotcha. Uh, for almost 20 years before I married her. Okay. Oh, wow. But wow. My, my previous wife got to witness some of it. So, sure. Um, so, maybe that's why she left. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, so, when you have, uh, 
so you're you start the rock shop so you buy the property first right uh tell us a little bit about the rock shop because it's amazing and people that mm. drive by <clears throat> you really have to if you're coming in from columbus or anywhere from the eastern side of ohio you'll you'll come in through basically locust grove mm-hmm. and on the right hand side right before you take your left onto which road is it there 73 it's, it's 73 right. there's the uh, House House of Fake Ops Rock Shop, right on the right hand side. And can you explain the signage and kind of how you guys? Because uh, I really love the the turtle uh, with the serpent mound kind of combined yeah. as your logo. Well, I I, I picked that spot uh, because of location. Yeah. And there's no other rock shops in the area, which yep. is which is nice. You have no competition. Yeah. But I welcome competition. But um, it was just an ideal spot for business because I could see the flow of tourism through there. And when you, when you have that flow of traffic, uh, it's not just tourism. The people that come to that area are into natural history and archaeology and all the weird stuff that goes with it. And right, so right. It's, it was uh, put a sign out front and uh, open up the front room of my house, and that was my rock shop. And people just started coming. Was, I didn't have to advertise. I just sat a sign out there. Put and a sign come. up. Yeah. Man, that's yeah. great. So it's it's it has supported us for, what, 27 years now. I wanted to ask you a question. Just You, you said you had this lifelong interest in fossils, mm-hmm. and et cetera. How did that get started? Were you a kid and found a fossil? Were you? Yeah. I, so just, uh, I grew up on, uh, my, spent my summers on Lake Erie on the Canadian side. Oh, My beautiful. mom was Canadian. Yeah. We lived in Detroit. We'd go over to Windsor and down the down the uh, coastline of Lake Erie. Okay. And uh, I would always sit on the beach and, and look for rocks, like three, four, five years old. Sure. And I was always drawn to symmetry. Yeah. I always looked at these, they call them crinoid stems. They're little tiny animals that have a star-shaped pattern to them. They're econoderms, related okay. to starfish and Yeah, 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 yeah. I was always picking those things up, right? And those things came from a glacier hundreds of miles away from northern Michigan. Okay. So they were pushed down. The gravel gets turned over. I'm sitting there as a little kid picking up things. And I found this one interesting piece. It's called a blastoid. But, and when I found it, I thought it was something an Indian made because there was a perfect star on it. Hmm. And it looked like a, some kind of a gadget you would put on pottery, you know, like a de- design. That's so cool. Wow. And uh, my minister in church, uh, I grew up, they tried to train me to be Methodist, but my minister was an archaeologist. So in, <laughs> in, in the first grade, I didn't know anything about the Bible. I learned a lot about archaeology <laughs> because that was taught in Sunday school. Wow. And so I showed an interest in that. And uh, so I automatically thought that it was some kind of artifact. Yeah. But when I showed it to him, he thought, no, that's not an artifact. That's something else. And then my third grader science teacher keyed in on it, and he said, oh, he got all excited and made a big deal of it and said, this is a blastoid, and it's from northern Michigan, and blah, 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 hmm, blah, blah, that's and, so cool. and named it. And I go, I, that really perked my interest. Well, having that amount wow. of information and insight into picking up a piece of as a kid at such a young scrap age, scrap on the beach, yeah. and going, there's a whole story here. <laughs> That's what unlocks before you, right? They just like right. time traveling. It's and the mystery. Absolutely. So. Um, my wife and I were just in Panama, and not finding a fossil. But you know, I'm a rock hound. I like to pick up rocks when we're on different trips, etc. She comes back from the beach and she goes, "Hey, look at this huge uh, crystal that I found," and she pulls this. It's 
it's about the size of a milk dud, right? It's like this perfect looking crystal. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, of course you find one of these. The first time you go down to the beach, I'm the one that's always combing the rocks for them and I don't right. find anything. I found one little one. I, it looked like something you would buy. It was polished. It was beautiful. I was just, so I get the drive and allure to how much that can hold in those little pieces, right? You know, right. just there, there's such a depth to it that just gets overlooked. Every, every piece is a memory, too. A hundred percent. And it's that's the thrill of discovery. Yes. And so I've wow. always been after that. That's great. Chasing it. Yeah. And uh, it's it's just fun to learn the answer to that mystery. Yeah. And it took years to figure it out, but <laughs> it started a lot. Sure. But and you got hooked. Thing. Yeah. You got hooked. You solved hooked. your first mystery, and it's like, wow, I need right. the next one and right. the next one. And here you are all those years later still chasing <laughs> yeah. it. I, I call it the rabbit hole. Right? Well, yeah. you are deep into the rabbit hole. I mean, just the simple fact of where you live and the amount of people that come to the shop and being right by Serpent Mound as people are driving in and, hey, let's stop here. And they get to meet you, which that was our experience when we went to the rock shop for the right. first time. Ron, Stone, uh, TJ was there. We yeah. all s- stopped in. and Because like I said, I had been to your events before, but we never actually met. Like I didn't feel like bothering you guys. Uh, you're running the event and things are all crazy. Um, but to actually like come in and actually get to chat. But you sent us to the... Uh, the uh, serpent, the rock serpent down below okay, right. that day, and said, "Make sure you go check out the water serpent, mm-hmm. which is down below in the in the Brush Creek." So we took a little hike down there, and that place is very, very special. It is. It's, it's very, a really magical place, right of, underneath serpent. A lot Mountain. of energy there, and uh, we had one instance where a, a fellow went down there, um, Alan Skelly. And he lives in the area. He's a lawyer. And uh, he went down there in the winter, and the the uh, the pools of water, the ice was in circles, in little circular patterns all the way around little the edges. Vortexes? Of, yeah, and they just kept going down and down and down. Hmm. And that spot where that one puddle was is he had been there the summer before and passed out when he walked over that spot from the energy. Hmm. Just collapsed. Didn't have a heart attack. He just passed out. Maybe got too charged up from all of it pouring. I mean, yeah, it's makes me think of Sedona and those it, right? vortexes that come up out of the ground. And I know there's yeah. been studies done out in that area of the world. NASA of, studied yeah, them. Yeah, and figuring the, out the energy coming out of the, the earth. The crater is a natural vortex. Yeah. So it's. Uh, what, and do you it's, think the impact released energy somehow? Not from the crater itself, maybe, it, but it, from the earth. It created that that hole in the ground to release energy. And it, it traps it. It you know, like I say, it affects the weather. It affects people, cars, computers, yeah. batteries. Yeah. Um, and, and then when you experience what happens when you see somebody driving a brand new car, and they they say, you know, knock really? knock knock, I I need a tow truck because my brand new rental car's dead. And you go like, ah, oh, welcome to the vortex, you know, welcome to the crater. So you need a tow truck with real Clydesdales. <clears throat> and, and and there's a tow, towing surface across the street, AAA, and and that's awesome. Mr. McFarlane will go out there and he'll stop and say, "There's nothing wrong with that car." I said, "Well, and there's no so explanation weird. as to why they just stop working." No, well, it's it's there's ground energy. Well, I mean, yeah, overtly outside of the check the car, right. Car's fine. And film crews have had problems with that in the past. Batteries. They're trying to get yeah. a clip, you know, and the battery's dead. The battery's dead. What do you do? So, really? Yeah. That's so and I hear it constantly. Even GPS 
uh, navigational systems. They'll they'll be running backwards. You'll be going west in the crater, and all of a sudden, say as you're going east. What? Uh, yeah. Magnetic anomalies and stuff. Right. Yeah, we have a little clip about some of this stuff okay. from the Impact Crater DVD okay. that we we're going to roll. Um, yeah, but, rain uh, me in from time to time. I'm yeah, gonna, no, it's fine. It's <laughs> totally fine. But I, I only lots. I only chose two, and those are the two clips that we yeah. that we uh, we have from the DVD that we're going to talk right. about. I was going to ask him about the doppelgangers real quick before I oh, forget. Oh, let's totally just, get back just to on, that. Oh, okay. If there, if there, I had a uh, question. Yeah, let's get back into that. that Whether was or not, I have multiple questions. But the first one is with the doppelgangers. Do you think that is a serpent mound thing, or do you think that's a phenomenon from your house? And it's the spirits or question. entities' energy taking that doppelganger form, and that's why they don't say anything, but they can kind of like generate these. I think it has, it has to do with the property. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I haven't I haven't witnessed elsewhere in the crater that okay. happening, and don't hear this from other people in the no. town or community. No. Okay. So it's just there, and it's um, yeah, it's it's a phenomena that. Makes you take back and look and say, well, what is this all about? Yeah. Because, you know, doppelganger is, is one thing. Right. Yeah. But this is something you just don't hear about. Yeah. Well, that's why I said I started hearing about it through different podcasts where I was going, why are they just talking about somebody that looks like somebody else? And they're like, no, it's it's literally a copy of you, like, to yeah. the T, like it's, clothes you wear, you know, everything. It's three-dimensional. Oh, that's um, so crazy. One One thing, the first time when I first moved into the house... My ex-wife's grandmother lived with us. Help, okay. Helped pay the mortgage. Sure. It was great. And uh, <laughs> she was kind of a mystical person, read cards, gambled, you know. Her old, mother. An old granny, yeah. That's great. Not her mother, her grandmother. Yeah. Wow. Oh, so, so the grandmother's, uh, she's in the living room, and uh, I come in the door. I'd been down in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I was doing a dig down there. Okay. And I came home, and, and this is, this is 20, almost 25 years ago. And she grabbed my arm when I came through the door, and she says, Tom, is that you? Oh, and I said, boy. I said, yeah. I said, yeah. And, and she goes, well, two hours ago, you were here, and you walked through the house, and your clothes were, you were wearing brown clothes, your hair was disheveled, your face was dirty, and you wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> and I said, no, I was, I was down there in, in Kentucky. And uh, so, you know, I didn't wow. think too much about that. I just thought, well, maybe she's getting weird on me, you know? She's getting oh, up there in the years. so she's the one that first kind of she's noticed it. She's the one that first noticed it. Oh. But you didn't think anything about it at the time Not until really. later. Yeah, I, I kind of yeah. discounted it until it started happening more mm-hmm. frequently. And especially with Terry, when I met Terry, she's mm-hmm. more, she's very spiritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, she can see things that I can't see, sure. spirits. Sure. So, yeah, it's just... Do you remember the first time you saw something like that? Or the first thing that you went, you know what? Something's not right here. Right. Um, it's f- not malevolent, but I don't know what it is. No, it, it's... Well, the thing is, um, I have not experienced it like Terry has. Okay. And With my son-in-law else. and the... And the uh, Grandma. Okay. okay. Uh, but it always, I always hear it, right? <laughs> and I'm always cl- Maybe it's me. I don't know. But, dude, you have some of the craziest things in your house, too. Like the, the door 
that you and Terry have. Um, oh, the Dogon the door. The Dogon door. Right. Wait a minute, what? Right. You have a door if from the If you haven't Dogons? seen that, is incredible. Every, I've only seen it People watching know the Dogon tribe or hopefully know the Dogon tribe if you haven't. Look them but up. It's got right. little ETs etched into the door. How did like, I miss this? Stylistically, it's just like, it's wow. In our, it's in our bedroom. <laughs> yeah, well, it's... it's oh, that, yeah. It's I was in the living room downstairs. That's right. Okay. But during That's, the live stream how afterwards... You, how did this come about? Well, that was just uh, ran into somebody that had a um, had a theater up north, and uh, we did an event there. And he says, "Hey, I got this Dogon door. Would you be interested in it?" And so I traded a trilobite for it. That's cool. But the Dogon tribe has always interested me because of their uh, beliefs and experiences with right. ETs going back thousands of years. Yep, yep. Serious, serious A and B. They exactly. were the only ones that knew that. S- that was a star system until what we didn't know that until like the 70s or something. Right, right, right. They, they drew out the star system long, long ago before yeah. we had good telescopes. Right. Yeah. And, and so how did they know it? Right. And uh, That's yeah. always fascinated me. And we've even had people from the Dogon tribe come out you and have. do ceremony. Yes. That's it's great. interesting. Yeah, wow. that was a few years back. I remember... <clears throat> Um, and that's the thing with what you guys do is you're always bringing elders from all over the world to Serpent Mound with the peace summits. Um, and, you know, the one that's coming up in the spring, uh, we have links in the in uh, the description with their, to their Facebook group and where you guys can get more information. But yeah. um, you guys have Maori elders mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. Uh, to this one. And it's always been... So cool to see all the people from all over the place that have never had a chance to see Serpent Mountain and come to your event, and you guys essentially sponsor them and help them, um, you know, right. come and share their ceremonies at Serpent Mountain, which has been amazing, man. It's, um, like you and Terry are doing amazing stuff with that. We've always tried to, um, Terry's motto is be all-inclusive, yeah. all nations, all races. And so nobody should be left out. We're all we're all leaders in some sense, mm-hmm. and everybody has a voice, yep. and uh, that's I wish the whole world was like that. Right. But we don't have we're not into politics and religion. Um, it's just why we call it the alternate universe. Yeah. And you know, leave all that at the door. Yeah. Come in and visit. It's it's hard for a lot of people to do that. It they is. They don't know what to do without the uh, structure, Conflict. the constructs of, right. you're this way, I can't. It, mm-hmm. oh, just, it's so weird to be like, I can talk to anybody. Right. As long as we don't touch on these, we can talk about it's all a, kinds it's of It's a stuff. safe area. Yeah. And that's what the that's what the ceremonies and the gatherings are. It's a safe area. Yeah. So people come and they feel relaxed and, and like-minded people are there. They're not going to judge you. Right. And people are free to speak and that's a great environment to be in. I'm sure you've yeah. had some amazing interactions really? over the years with yeah. members that have come to it because that that frees people up from being guarded, right? And especially if they've been there and that word starts to get out. Now, you don't even have to do the word of, you know, it's <laughs> it's carried on for you in such a great yeah. way because, you know, um, it's a known atmosphere that kind of keeps getting passed around, I would assume. Yeah, people are talking. It's nice. That's great. It's 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 working. Great, man. That is so, so cool what you guys are doing. And, and again, everybody, uh, go check out those Facebook groups. Yeah, um, We have uh, uh, some links there. There's a flyer that Tom brought in for us to, that's got all the information. And um, But 
you guys always have a, a great group of just artists and different people that have been, uh, you know, Lucas and them from 5D Media, um, you know, people that are, uh, that are, you know, I think uh, see import- how important it is of what you guys are have been doing all these years with these events and bringing people together. Yeah. Um, it's just been awesome from kind of the outside and stepping in and getting to know uh, the work that you guys have been putting in for, you know, yeah. in the area. So, um, but uh, the impact crater is, you know, we went on the tour with you and not really expecting what, not knowing really what to expect, you know, kind of a, a Terry had told Tom's been given this tour for 25 <laughs> years and it's never been filmed. So why don't we, that's such a fantastic for, idea to capture it. Yeah. yeah. The, the winter solstice event, uh, we live stream interviewed with Ross Hamilton and then we had, uh, Michael Tui. We, uh, did an interview with him and then we went out on location and Tom Hopton, my vehicle and we went all around the impact crater and he gave us this tour and we shot everything and um just had a blast that day yeah i mean just kicking it with tom going to the uplift going to the cemetery um just kind of like showing exactly on the horizon of each point um and uh you know and so you were in the rock shop and some people have stopped by over the years and have kind of you've been one of the go-to folks when it comes to giving people from the outside information about the crater. Yeah. Um and so who was the first person that kind of showed up at your doorstep? The first the first fellow to show up was um Dr. Hal Provamir and he worked with NASA and he was a physicist and he designed a rover that's on the Sea of Tranquility. I, I do believe they went to the moon. A lot of people are oh, saying they did. Oh, I do too. But, uh, he, so he Absolutely. came in. A, as soon as I opened the shop, he knock, 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 you know. Uh, he wants to know where he can get breccia from the crater. And I said, you mean like the crypto explosion structure? Because in 96, that's what they called it. What is a crypto explosion structure? It's, it's just another term for saying something blew up from underneath there's no real explanation other than everything is disrupted geologically. Blown up from underneath? Yeah, like a big gas pocket. That would be one way to say it. So the meat or, or magma, lava. Whatever hit. Right, yeah, maybe volcanic. Volcanic. So nothing hit? It exploded no. out. Well, that, that was the original thought from 1832 to 1998. Was a meteor or something? No, it was a crypto-volcanic structure. Oh. Underneath. And then in in 96, Hal came here from NASA with another fella. He wrote a book, Tektites Are From the Moon. Okay. And, and, and which is plausible. Okay. Because tektites are results of uh, when an asteroid hits a sandstone formation— it vaporizes that silicon dioxide into pure glass and vapor, goes up in a heat column, cools in space, and falls back as a separate meteor shower. It's called a tektite. So tektites could happen from the moon or another planet as well because we get meteorites from the moon. We get them from Mars. These things are ejected into space, and eventually they make their way to Earth and fall back as a separate meteor shower. Okay. 
but the tektites uh, that he mostly talks about in the book are, are from different strewn fields around the earth. There's like 17 of them. Okay. Moldavite is a real popular one because it's a green glass. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people are selling Moldavite at music festivals and stuff. I know that got like super duper it's really, popular. Moldavite's really weird. Very Talk per, yes, a little bit is. more about that. It, it has a, an interesting energy. It has iridium like all tektites do. And uh, it's a, called a dreaming stone, and it, it affects everybody differently. Yep. Uh, in the last year or two, I've noticed people that buy Moldavites will come back wanting another piece mm -hmm. because their piece disappeared. Now, did they lose it? Did someone steal it? Did something else take it? you got to wonder. Uh, I think I need one now. <laughs> I've got a couple pieces of Moldavite. But, yeah, I found one, and then I ended up getting, I think, a few more. I was on a Moldavite kick for a while. Um, but, see, I didn't know that. I don't think we've ever talked about that. Yeah, it, that nugget's new to me. It has a, a very strange energy. It's a, like a dreaming stone. And so try dream, try putting it in your hand and going to sleep and see what happens. I see, will tonight. You, where are you going to go in the universe? <laughs> Get a little right? medicine Yeah, it's like a traveling wear. stone. Yeah. Right. That's what yeah. it was kind of told to me was it's a traveling stone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay, um, I just want to clarify. Serpent Mound was from an impact yes. from above. Yes. Okay. It so, wasn't an explosion outward. Right. So Hal Pravamir comes in 96. Uh, I take him out to where the breccia is in the crater because I knew where that was. And uh, he collects some samples and he never hear from them again. <laughs> and then two years later, I understand that they find a particle that he's looking for that they found on the moon. And it's a little tiny diameter, 104 micron like a human hair. Yeah quartz particle inside the breccia that has a shock feature on it, little straight lines, and that can only be caused by high-velocity impact. But they had to go to the moon to figure that out because the moon is breccia everywhere. So when they found that particle, it took them two years of scanning with wow. the scanning electron microscope. They find the particle, and they say, boom, we have a crater. That's the smoking gun. That's the physical feature. Everything else is immaterial because it could have happened in other ways. Right, right. Like blowing up from underneath. Right. So when they found that particle, then the game on. You have a crater. That's so wild. Yeah, no, but this makes me think of you as a kid and figuring it out. And, and this guy's a you know NASA scientist. Right. Years later. Yeah. yeah. He's got that same childlike. I got to solve this. I got to figure this out. And you know, That's straining through sand with an electron microscope is not much fun. Well, and here's the interesting part: we're not sure if he discovered that PDF, that little particle, or the Geological Survey in Columbus, because they had access to all the core drills that were taken back in the '60s. Okay, they've been in storage, and apparently these particles aren't that common. And uh, but anyway, two years went by and it was it was put out to the public that, yes, we have a crater, published a book on it. And uh, the rest is history. And Tom, now that particle is the image that we have in the video that we did with you, the impact crater tour, mm -hmm. which uh, we actually had gone through a process with. Uh, was it the Department of, of yeah Ohio uh, Department of Natural Resources? Of natural yeah. ODNR, mm -hmm. and uh, so that's actually in the video. If you guys want to check it out, this micro quartz yeah, it's uh, really crystal cool. where it's I've seen it zoomed in on an electron microscope where mm -hmm. you can uh, really see. But but that was the Smoking gun, right. correct? Right. Okay. 
some very small microscopic particle solved the mystery. When that was wow. confirmed, did you see an uptick of study from like-minded individuals? Oh, yeah. The universities. That just went nuts? Yeah. A lot of universities were coming out and doing tours. Ohio University is still working on it. Hmm. Uh, Keith Milan is the guy that's in charge of that. Yeah, and I'd be surprised if that didn't start whole programs up. They, uh, you yeah, know? exactly. Um, what do they call those? Astroblems. Uh, people that are into astrophysics, and so they come out, and you know, since then they've they've said, well, now the crater's ten miles wide. They can say where it used to be, and uh, you know, just by different geological features. But so much is erased. I I, yeah. I look at what's yeah. there now. Not much. How does this stack up on impact craters on the Earth in general? Size tiny, tiny, very tiny. Yeah. Okay. And the largest being the largest know? would be uh, Sudbury or Chechalub in uh, Sudbury, Canada, okay. and, and then you have uh, Chechalub down in the Gulf of Mexico. But it has These to be are... at least a hundred kilometers across to cause a disturbance with life on Earth. Okay, and how large are these in Canada? And oh, the the Chechalub is uh, over two hundred kilometers across, oh and God. and uh, Sudbury's bigger than that. Uh, and then there's one that they don't even know. They know that it had to exist, but they're not sure where it is because it's when Pangaea, when everything was all the continents together. were together, yep. mm. and now it's all blown it's apart. In so. the ocean yeah, somewhere, that, parts that of it's here, too. part of it's there. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. But they know by what happened to all the organisms on Earth dying off instantly that it had to be an impact. That's a wild. What thing. kind of uh, effect do you think it had on? Was it regional effect? In terms of obviously, it caused a massive devastation of the, the immediate area the Serpent of, Mound in Ohio, right? The yeah. Serpent Mound crater, but I, was it kind of an ecological regional disaster, uh, or I, I think it was. Yeah. It was in the sea, right? Like there was a right. sea there. Yeah, when it hit, there had to have been a nice tidal wave splashing across North America, right? But uh, what it did to the environment, I don't think much because it wasn't volcanic. You know, there wasn't mm -hmm. a lot of bad gases being produced. Um, so, you know, there, it did cloud the atmosphere with debris. It wasn't big enough, really. Right. So it, all the debris has fallen back into the crater. Interesting. And it's yeah. what they call breccia. So, Do you get anyone out there ever wow. looking for meteorite fragments? I know that all meteorite... The <laughs> all the time. Meteorite chasing is a huge thing, right? Like, and, they're very valuable, aren't but, they? Yes. In but, the video, you talk about all the different yeah. metals. Right. Oh, yeah. Rare metals. The that cobalt, chromium. That, mm -hmm. That's what got people there originally, mining interest. Mm -hmm. Cobalt's that, huge right now. That's all the EV vehicles. Right. They I need saw cobalt a video for on the lithium the cobalt ion. pits. And, yeah. And mm -hmm. I think it was in Africa. Geez, and 15,000 people in this spot. Just It's, it's crazy. Right. They're not supposed to be there. Terrible. Right? It's crazy. <laughs> no, it's illegal yeah. mining, but... It's crazy. Yeah. So there's a, there's a huge interest in it as far as mining goes, but they decided there wasn't enough there to bother with. And right. It got there through some other means. Uh, it wasn't something that came up an intrusion of a vein of, of ore through the earth. Okay. So when they when they figured that out, they they left, and of course they left everything behind for the geological survey, and it came in handy in solving the mystery. Yeah. So it took. You had a while. that material there yeah. then that it wasn't you know yeah. looked for for another part like or, sixty years later. Hey. Yeah. Here so it is. really, the ball started rolling in '96. You said. Yes. So at what point in the early 2000s then it. it finally was resolved that it's, hey, this is an impact crater. In from 2003, media. the survey uh, published a book. It's called Investigations 146. 
and uh, you can you can get it through Fountain Square and the Geological Survey, and uh, it's it tells the whole story. All wow. shows the magnetic anomalies, the fault lines, the outline of the crater. Just good read. Just uh, what a like for that meteor to hit on that fault line in that area. Like all of those things kind of come together in this perfect storm. And then you have an ancient culture that comes millions of years later and builds the mo- one of the most ridiculous ancient <laughs> temples effigies. of all time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a calendar of the solstices and planets. And so, you know, the ancient people, do you think that they understood how special that area was? I mean, clearly they had to have sensed the – or had a way to what what got them there is uh, well, i like to think about that what what got them there was uh navigation on the river okay yep exactly the brush uh, creek which is basically how they infiltrated north america but you can go back a long time 18 20 25,000 years ago because it's on the edge of the appalachian escarpment and it was yeah. pretty much protected from glaciation so it's kind of like a cool zone to go to if you want to hunt mm. and there's no ice there right so man has been here a long time yeah and so it's kind of a safe area right as far as the serpent mound goes being on that brush creek you could go anywhere in the world from there and once trade lines were established throughout the world that was a trade hub mm. so and besides that if if you were to sit there like i have in that area long enough like that's what the ancients did. I'm sure they had lots of time to sit around yeah. and look. Yeah, yeah. The stars. They could see that this area is kind of special because the weather's going around it, for one. Right, it's protected. That'd be a great spot. And, and the indigenous people that come and do ceremony, we've brought them up to Serpent Mound, and they'll get to that point where that energy field crosses between the oval and the serpent's mouth. And you can douse that or, or use a pendulum or a compass, and you can tell there's an energy right there in the ground. Really? It starts spinning. And, exactly. And, and uh, they <clears throat> drop their, their regalia and bag right there and say, let's do our ceremony. Hmm. Well, they don't, they don't, not sitting there for a compass. They can feel it. Yeah. And that's, that's the way wild. the old ways are. The, the indigenous people. I wonder what sense they have that how they can just extract that information or feel that or just is that a tingling i think in their body sensitive yeah being in tune a little bit more than the average and then human. You, you also have people uh just a real short story i had a guy that um he was a, a sports therapist for the cincinnati Bengals, and he would fly out here from la uh every t- after every game on, a, on what they call the red eye and he would go to the players and he would do healings on them but he could see your aura, your energy. And the first time I met him, he walked in the shop and he grabbed my arm and he says, how long's your arm been bothering you? Hmm. I said, about a year. What? I went on a dig, you know, and it, it really traumatized his bone on this hand from digging. It. Yeah. And he grabbed me, he says, how long's that been bothering you? And I said, about a year. And he says, well, I said, how'd you do that? And he says, well, I can see your aura. I can see your energy. It's real, it's red, you know? And uh, so he would, I sent him up the serpent mound. I said, go up there and see what you can see. <laughs> and he come back, and he had walked all the way around the serpent, and right at the left-hand side of the mouth of the serpent, he stopped, and he said, there's a vertical green energy coming out of the ground there. He said, it's very powerful. Left-hand side of the serpent, if you're looking the direction of the head or looking yes, at the head? when you're looking at the head from the beer. 
from the lookout from yep. the back towards the head yes. left hand side yep okay gotcha yep gotcha and and, and that's where all the compasses go crazy i'm and, gonna have to go out there and, and meditate. pendulums and dowsing rods and people yeah and uh so he saw that visually and i, I thought, wish i could see that i said that's so cool that's so wild so and that's just uh, like validation. Just, I was if you just going to say, kind of yeah. correlation factor. Yeah. Other people doing ceremony there, and and you know, it, yeah. so many times it's it pops up. It's kind of hard to deny. Yeah. Or, if, if he hadn't come into shop and said, "What's wrong with your arm?" Yeah. Uh, you know, that, might have never known. Right. So that's that's mind blowing. That's <laughs> you wild. don't ever let something stop you from finding or taking you on a journey somewhere like being open-minded can you know i think that's open to possibilities you don't ever let something just not unfold tom no that's (laughs) that's the key being open-minded yeah and that's what the events and ceremonies that we do is to bring in this old knowledge this verbal um teachings yeah something that's not written right but what tribes have passed forward for thousands of years and and then you hear it and you go like oh okay, and just bringing all those different you probably have seen bringing in the Maori and um, what are some other folks and indigenous people have you brought in from around the world? Mostly, well, all of South America. Yeah, the Inca, the Aztec, the Maya, uh, they've all been here, uh, and then all of your tribes, Western tribes, Eastern yep. tribes. There's over 500 of them. Um, the Canadians, you know, um, a lot of European people come in, the Celts come in, um, and then, you know, the Dogons in Africa, but, um, and, and some Egyptians will come in, uh, a lot of people from India. Yeah. Uh, I think you did one on one of your podcasts. Yep, VJ. The, yeah. Yeah. Yep, VJ's, it changed his whole life, by the way. Really? VJ is on a mission. He's in India going from temple to temple studying with um, different um, gurus of all kinds of different uh, yogic practices. Yeah, fired him up. He, he's, he's, he's grown his beard super long. I mean, he looks like, <laughs> for probably from the last time that you saw him, I mean, we did a, uh, an interview, an episode with him right before he left mm-hmm. for India. And, uh, you know, immediately he basically just got out into it. And disconnected himself from the the distraction from civilization yeah. for a while, and mm-hmm. was just going from temple and meeting all these different uh, and studying yoga because he grew up Christian. So the mm-hmm. the Hindu aspects of of Indian culture, I think that's what he's really exploring is this more ancient, uh, you know, and and also going to Serpent Mountain and seeing all these different connections between um you know his culture and, and tamil and the languages of native americans in america and mm-hmm. just the symbolism of the mounds in ohio mm-hmm. and i think it just blew him away and nice. i think serpent mound had a lot to do with kind of this awakening that we we've seen him go through and he's on a journey right now wow so um, he would love to catch up with you guys, too, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah another story. And it, it, it happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. and, and people come, they don't even know why they're there. Yeah. And it, it's all about a restart, an awakening. 
and, and you said a good awakening. That's what uh, happened to me. It's it's a magnification of the consciousness. Yeah. Uh, we've seen it repeated there uh, in the clouds, which is really funny. What do you mean repeated in the clouds? Well, like uh, when Humbat's men came, uh, he was into the crystal skulls. Uh, oh, yeah. The 2012 book, the beginning of the new Mayan calendar. Okay. And uh, he put uh, nine of the 13 skulls on the very head of the serpent, or not serpent, but what we'd call the turtle, the end of the oval, there's a triangular mound. Mm -hmm. And he laid out these skulls. They came in from all over the world just for this event. How long ago was this? This has been, wow, I'm talking 10, 12 years ago. That's so cool. And uh, he laid everything out there. And it's here. we got a clear sky, sunny sky. And we started praying with them. And somebody said, I noticed everybody's looking up. I'm going, what's up there? Somebody said, look up. There's a perfect skull in the clouds, <laughs> in a cloudless sky. What? Above us. Okay. I said, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. And I know people were taking pictures of it. Wow. And the uh, following year, we did a uh, circle. And uh, it was for the spring, uh, spring equinox. It was a community circle. We had maybe 200 people, and we formed a circle all the way around near the tail of the serpent in that open area. We're holding hands, and somebody said, look up. And we look up. Another cloudless day, and there is a perfect serpent mound forming clouds above us. Hmm. That's so undulating. cool. Undulating. That's so cool. With the, the bends. Everything. And, wow. Yeah. That's so and cool. that's what we do. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I, I look at it as it's kind of like it magnifies your conscious, your thoughts. Yeah. Okay. And maybe that's what attracted people there thousands of years ago. Could you imagine if you stumbled upon Just that? The yeah. area itself being next to the river, it's up on this cliff. I mean, it is the perfect spot. It if has you, the energy, <clears throat> right. And you come up from the road and... You know, it, you realize that, hey, we're you're above. You can see everything, the valley below, mm -hmm. and being right inside this crater <laughs> and fault line where you have this energy kind of just swirling around in this place. Yeah. yeah. It's also kind of wild that that glacier stopped. Yeah. Just it's, short of there. Exactly. <coughs> and it, like Jeff it almost is like it was bit. like not here. Yeah. You look at the topography, like you know, and how the, the western side is sterilized. It's flattened. The eastern side is still rocky yeah, and right. Wild. Right. So, wow. Yeah. I never, it, it, just bringing so many points of information in my head and, and connecting dots of like it just, because having Jeff on and him saying, you know, if, you know, if you imagine coming up and seeing that, like, that's as far as you can go. So yeah, right. yeah. it was like <laughs> fate almost that this spot was going to be kind of singularly shown as, hey, this is this is where you can inhabit right now. And then yep. obviously if there's energy coming out of it too, just feeling all that. I mean, it just seems like so many things were aligning for that to happen. That's so wild. It really does. <laughs> that's why it's just so special. And in, on a worldwide scale, it just doesn't get the credit uh, that some of the other ancient places like Egypt or not, I wouldn't say credit. It's kind of nice that not everybody in their mother has heard about Serpent Mound right. just yet. Right. Um, now with World Heritage being on the horizon and if that gets all passed, then it's going to be a lot different. I think, uh, you know, it, it will be on that kind of global under that global lens a lot more. A lot more. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, you know, which are, you know, there's good things and bad things with, with, I think, uh, um, with 
you know, it's just been a place that I've been going to for a lot. And it's just once you go there, it's a never ending quest to peel back the onion of that place. Mm-hmm. The people that I've run into there alone, just mm-hmm. all of a sudden, how is this person in my path right now? How how am I meeting this person that complete you're having a four hour conversation with someone you just met at the head of the serpent in that spot that you're talking about. <laughs> right. And then it just sends you on this trajectory in your life that you, you didn't expect. Mm-hmm. And it was just literally from from show, because I thought mounds and these earthworks, I thought they were all burial mounds right. for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And they were just these mm-hmm. not real ancient, uh, but they were just, you know, kind of, um, you know, the generation before what we know as, you know, I guess, more modern day Native Americans that um, that were in Ohio and across America. But Serpent Mound, I thought, was kind of like this... Uh, it was the only one of importance. It was just kind of stuck out like a sore thumb that there weren't just thousands of these things. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people still understand right. that. It'd be different if there was a serpent and a bear and, the, you know, different animal effigies or mound structures. But they have these circles and squares right. and octagons. And... Right. Right. But yet they, the culture that built it was into high math. Yes. And to do that, to get the alignments, you know, not just lunar, solar, planetary. Right. It's mind-blowing. Who knows? Right. Well, I kind of made the comment the night sky was the best television show on back then. There was, you know, there's no light. Right. There's no light pollution. So One channel. Yeah. That's You're looking at it, and you have to imagine that that it was so bright, Mm -hmm. it literally was like a movie screen. So watching all these celestial movements. Now, the one that tripped us up, and we've talked about quite a few times, is just the length it takes to plot out the lunar cycle. That's the only one that, right. you know, you can watch all these other comings and goings of it's celestial so bodies, but wild. that one only, you know, as that wobble happens, you got to really pay attention. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like you're saying, very much into high math, very much into putting the world together as they could understand it, right? And probably maybe arguably better than we do now. Right. And then and then you have the spiritual side and the spirits. Okay. Because the people that come there, uh, especially the, the people from different tribes, uh, the leaders will see spirits and they'll tell you about them. And okay. you go like, well, I don't see them. Terry sees them a lot. Yeah. Uh, she has enough indigenous in her to, you know, it's, it's in her DNA, I think, to just key into this stuff. Right. But uh, when, you, when you hear these stories about what they see and you go like, one guy said, there's, there's millions of spirits there all the time. They're always there. And you go like, wow, that's, that's a lot. At the, what? And just at Serpent Mound. What? And you got to go, well, how long have people been coming there? You right. Know, how many people yeah. have died there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there uh, were burials. People are over. always bringing their ashes there. Terry's son's ashes are there. Really? Uh, it's just, yeah, and you hear about it from a lot of different people that come to the shop. Well, I just buried my dad up there you know he sprinkled his ashes out because he loved that place that's so cool and so that's included and then you go all the way back thousands of years and go like well how many people are there so it's so. kind of feeling that energy and also you're feeding it energy exactly right like yeah, on both ends it. of it yeah good point what you're yeah. saying with that spiritual side and having that awareness side and, and melding those two worlds together yeah to bring it to its highest level mm-hmm. that's so cool what a place yeah yeah <laughs> 
and man, you go and you just get sucked into it. <laughs> At least I did. I mean, just I went with him my first time. Yeah, he brought me. I was like, into... "What the hell is Serpent Mountain? Why do I want to go?" And then, okay, <laughs> I'll go check it out. That sounds kind of cool because again, that's we went to take photos. That's how little understanding hung we had, out and bummed around, or I had of Ohio history in general. Mm-hmm. Never heard of any of this in school. It took me most of my life to ever hear about it. You so, got a f- couple late phone calls from me for yeah. hours. And that's why I said it's just wild. <laughs> it's wild that we have so much raw history here that we just never touch on. You know, it's really, mm-hmm. it's 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 shocking because it's what are we really learning about? We're learning the history of whoever wants us to tell us their history. You know, battles yeah. and wars. But you go there, you're the getting the, the history land. of mankind. Yeah, really. That it is really the, is a living museum. Yeah, you know. And it's, uh, yeah, you can open your mind there and just let it go. But it's a, a wonderful place to have the ceremony and uh, teachings and uh, to bring elders and other people up there and just listen to what they have to say. Yeah. And it's just like Mike is saying, it's amazing the people that we meet there. Oh, sure. And they come in a shop from someplace else on the earth. Yeah. And they read about it in their history book when they were a kid, you know. And, you can so. have that distance, but that connection really quickly. Who's the most fascinating person that's ever come into your rock shop? Hmm. Do you have like a, a top five of no. of? Pe- is it hard to keep track of all the people that come into the shop? It's kind of a blur. It's a blur. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it is. Yeah. Uh, I was I, just curious if there was any in particular. I know the NASA scientist had to be like, "Oh my gosh, is this guy really in my shop?" Yeah, asking me. That, <laughs> so kind that of, probably was that one. kind of started it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of different people from museums, uh, from the Smithsonian, British Museum, American Museum. A lot of different museums have stopped in and said, hey, and strike up a conversation. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're doing business with them or donating something to them. Talk about that a little bit, Tom, Yeah. in your trilobite exhibit. Uh, that, was, uh, that happened um, because I was on an international market for selling fossils. Uh, since the late 70s, I got to meet quite a few museum people that would come to these international shows, exhibits. And um, over the years, I, I got to be friends with different managers from these collections. And uh, they approached me in 1985. Um, actually, it was in the, the winter of 85 uh, to purchase my collection for an upcoming gallery. And I was watching all my friends sell these expensive trilobites and other things to them for this gallery and i thought eh, i don't want to sell my stuff right so i <laughs> i pulled the guy off to the side the collections manager and i said you know um rather than sell this to you why don't you why don't you borrow some stuff that i have and it kind of tweaked his interest and he so i invited him to ohio and uh, him and his wife showed up and i laid out the the collection uh, on tables so he could view it. And he, he went all through the collection, went to lunch, come back. And I said, so what what specimens are you interested in? I was almost afraid to ask him. Mm-hmm. And he says, um, I want the whole thing. <laughs> and I, I was just a young guy, right? And uh, I said, okay. So he took it away. And uh, actually, I had to deliver it to Washington. But wow. uh, And signed some paperwork. And he said, this is going to be in our hands for 25 years. Well, actually, it was 26 because they wanted to keep it even longer. And mm. I said, no, I want it back before something changes. They had it for how long? 26 years. 
Did they pay you for this at all? No, I just loaned it to them. Okay. Loaned it to them. Yeah, and okay. it was the Smithsonian. Yeah, and what was it called again? Yeah, well, uh, the, the gallery. The gallery that... was Life in the Ancient Seas. Mm-hmm. And then the gallery that I have at the house in the rock shop is actually a gallery that pre uh, was a, a forerunner to the Life in the Ancient Seas. It ran for almost four years. Gotcha. From '85 until the winter, or, or, yeah. Winter of 85 all the way up to uh, 1990, it was on in-house in another gallery and, and honoring me. That's and wild. so when I went to that opening, I was there is in the early January, and uh, all these old people were standing around drinking wine and eating cookies, and <laughs> they're looking for me, right? And I'm this youngest guy in the crowd, and I got all this stuff. Damn. And they were blown away. Wow. So I became instant friends with everybody in that, oh, I bet. In that department and uh, paleobiology. And to this day, we're still, I mean, a lot of them are gone. Yeah. But uh, we're still friends. And it's just, it's just amazing, uh, the journey. And I didn't plan it. This is the whole, this is the fun part about everything I've ever done. I yeah. don't plan it. It just happens. One being willing to let it happen. Well, you it, have to yeah. take that step. Yeah, right? that's the hardest and, part for a lot of people. And I've never had that problem taking that step. Right. So, yeah. Not having the control, letting right. that control over to the flow. I take it all the way back to my parents. They never said, don't do it. You know? That's a fair point. Don't that's get important. in trouble. Don't yeah, Go ahead. Have fun. Don't get in trouble. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. Don't. They, they never questioned me, except yeah. one day my dad was tripping over the rocks. In the yard, he says, what are you going to do with all these Got rocks? too many here. That was his Tommy. question, you know. And I didn't even know at that time I'm going to open a rock shop. I mean, that just yeah. happened. That's so funny. That's yeah. so funny. Get over here, Tommy. Clean up your rocks. Yeah, pile them over there. When when did you find your first trilobite? Um, that has to go back to, let's see, 19... Boy, that's going back a ways. 1950... 58, 59. And so you're how old at this time? Well, I was I was born in 52, so I was, what, seven years old. You found one of these trilobites. Yeah. I went to a rock quarry, and uh, I was at this rock quarry in Toledo, which was 70 miles from Detroit. Yeah. And uh, my mom used to take me down to that quarry and leave me there for a week with my pup tent and my sterno stove and pick me up a week later. At what age? Uh, well... 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, before I could drive. It just went on for a long time. Wow. And uh, as long as I didn't get in trouble, and she'd show up. Usually it was over uh, Christmas or Easter break or summer break while I was not in school. Yeah. And uh, we called that an adventure. That's so cool. And today they call it child abandonment. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, and it's funny because Back the laws then. are changing, you know? Yeah. And uh, what forced me... To Ohio, one of the things was OSHA, Occupational Safety and Health yeah. Administration. Okay. They came into existence in 78, 79. And I could no longer get in quarries. I could no longer hmm. go collect. Uh, so they, liability. They, they shut it down. So many people oh, were suing the quarries, you know, for, for injuries. Yeah, sure. So um, I came down and, and uh, ended up exploring a lot of streams. And eventually I got my own property. And uh, now I have my own quarry, one-man operation. They can't touch me. That's so cool. I'm not. I'm not paying. People are not paying to get in. And uh, yeah, it works out great. When you say you have your own quarry, what do you? Mean? You have 
where I mine where I mine trilobites. Yeah, and he's got a piece of land. Yeah. That oh, he pulls them okay. From. Yeah, I've that's got a really cool. Different places where I dig, and, and that's you've so got cool. other minerals too that you're pulling out of. Uh, the one day I visited you before uh, me and my wife were in the area for our anniversary, and you'd given me this. You had just freshly chipped. I'm, I'm not even oh. sure what it was, but you, for our, you gave me this sweet piece, which it's in our backyard, yeah, um, underneath our Japanese maple. It's got this this crystal band through it. Oh, okay, and yeah. you were just like, "Hey, here you go, happy anniversary." I yeah. just pulled this out of the ground today. That's <laughs> probably a quartz Arkansas. Yeah, it was. But it's so beautiful. There's a, we travel around a lot and dig, and That's it's so fun. cool. But most of them are private sites because sure. OSHA has just completely shut down the industry. Have you ever had somebody mm. referred you, said, hey, I have this property, we found this, what do you think? Have, do you want to come out and look at it? Yeah. Stuff like that, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I do assessments of properties. Mm. I'll go out, as long as they let me collect and keep something, I won't charge them to tell them what they have there. Oh, cool. So that, that happens oh, several times a year. And so cool. I've got a whole list of places around the United States that I could go to and collect and give them some information, and they love it. Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, it's just sharing information, like what we're doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Um, man, I feel like we've we've gotten. I mean, there's stuff that I, I we me, Tom and I have had a lot of conver great conversations, but a lot of this is you know even from the when we interviewed him for this uh, Impact Creator DVD. Right. It's just like the little minutiae of. Of kind of like I'm glad we get to do this to dig even even deeper into some of the more details of you know this just Tom's overall life and uh, well, I was going to say you're multifaceted, yeah, right? Like it's not just Serpent Mound, it's not just the Impact, impact Crater, it's not right. just Paranormal, it's not just the rocks. I mean, it's not just the um, yeah. uh, fossils. It's you have such a wealth of appreciation and experience in so many different areas that you know you have your We'll call it your main focus with uh, the fossils, but you know mm -hmm. that focus has expanded out. It seems like being to in that area to, to really opening you yeah. to so much. Like, yeah, it's it's amazing. You couldn't possibly imagine it. It just it's happening, right? And it, it hasn't stopped. It's just like coming out here to do your podcast, right? Uh, it's just reaching more and more people, right? So. And what about Terry as well? What is what is her kind of trajectory and how she ended up in the area? Because you said. She was a customer. Terry, Did, is she from the area in general? Terry's uh, from Idaho. She's from Idaho. Okay. And worked at Yellowstone, met her. Oh, so cool. Her ex-husband in Yellowstone. Okay. And ended up in Ohio. Okay. And in Wilmington. And uh, she would come down to the rock shop when I first opened in 96. Right. And she would come out and buy crystals and things. And I heard bits and pieces about what she was doing, but I wasn't that inquisitive. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I heard she was doing these pipe ceremonies. I go like, "What's a pipe ceremony?" And then right. I started digging, you know. And hmm. then uh, finally, we she invited me to a conference uh, at Woodland Altars. It was a Star Knowledge conference, and uh, I got to meet several different tribal members and hit it off with them right away because they knew that I was working with the earth. Yeah. And, you know, I never thought myself as being spiritual, but she did. And she picked up on that right away. And I think that's a good thing, right? Like, yeah. You just kind of have that innate quality that is... I'm grounded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so uh, as a customer, she was just uh, always in the background and uh, 
I went through a divorce, she went through a divorce, and we got together and hit it off, and well, the rest is, the rest is history. Yeah, as they say. Yeah. But um, um, Man, that's an amazing story. I love that story. That's like one of the best how we got together stories ever. <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, we have actually a clip from uh, the piece that we did with yeah. Tom, the Impact Creator DVD, yeah. and it kind of goes into some of the stuff that we were touching on a little bit uh, earlier. I kind of wanted to put the brakes on, but um, but uh, Kyle, whenever uh, if you want to uh, get prepped to, there, there we, we go. go. Okay, now that's interesting. So what you're saying is, the way I took it earlier was just the uh, crater itself was kind of like a barricade pushing the storms around. What what you're saying here is the impact and the negative charge that's in the ground from that impact yes. takes the positive charge and neutralizes the cloud. Yes, it's like a band that goes around the perimeter of the crater. Wow. So you have, uh, geologically, you have these layers in the earth. Mm -hmm. Each one is charged with the magnetic signature. Okay. So when you take and disrupt those down thousands of feet, you have an anomaly. Oh, And that, okay. that it's kind of like accumulated all the way around the rim. So when weather patterns come through, uh, a perfect example would be uh, in 2003. We had a, uh, a huge uh, lightning storm come through about midnight. August, okay. I believe it was August uh, 18th, something like that, 24th. But we were all up on a ridge eight miles away in Unity, a little Amish settlement, doing a drumming. And here come this cloud storm, and it was lightning. It was so fierce that everybody left, and it was on a ridge because we didn't want to get hit by lightning. Right, right. And the next morning, there was a crop circle across from Serpent Mount. And that's that kind of famous one. That when you Google oh, Ohio crop circle, mm -hmm. the one that always pops up is the one on uh, a crop right across the road from Serpent Mount. Right. And if you line up the energy that goes through the mouth of the serpent, a half a mile down that ridge, down the hillside, and in that field, 
is where that crop circle was, right directly aligned with the head of the serpent. And that's when Jeff came down to investigate that crop circle. That's when he came into the picture and met his wife. Yeah, that story's also, (laughs) I mean, floored me. I was just like, it's just like this thing pulled you here. Yeah, Yeah, It does. It just seems like a, a, a... Pulling yeah. the stopper out of the sink train, and it, it's but it's it's very cool to think that that is possible, and that these places yeah. do somehow speak or reach out to it draws them in, right, right, and or draws in humanity or yeah. whatever's out there. Yeah. Did and you walk in the crop circle? Yes. You did. Yes. What How was, was that, that like? Uh, I had to go past the gauntlet of sheriffs to do it. Yep. Because the first thing they said, no trespassing. The second thing was, have you seen any aliens yet? Really? Uh, and don't go there. But I went there. <laughs> and it was a really strange feel of energy in, this, in the midsection mm-hmm. being drawn down. Uh, it, it wasn't like anything you get on the earth. It was a different type of energy. Had you seen a crop circle before? Never saw one. What was your no. feeling afterwards and after your experience? And obviously seeing the storm. Right. Watching it roll in and everybody leaving and then seeing this the next day and kind of putting the pieces together and, and experiencing it. What was your overall takeaway? Well, it immediately I thought, you know, it had to be weather related because of that storm. Uh, but I didn't put it together until about a month later Okay, when everybody's at the drumming was taking pictures. They all had different types of cameras. Okay. okay? People sent their pictures off. They came back, and guess what's in the pictures? Orbs. Hmm. Thousands of orbs. Some of them had geometrical patterns. Do you still have pictures of these? They're in an album on on um, the ridge where we did this, Unity Ridge. Uh, and the guy that owns them, uh, he has an album of all the pictures the night the crop circle was made. Hmm. I would love but to see I mean, there's orbs coming out of people's ears and eyes, nose, mouth. What? They're all different sizes. And since then, there has not been anything like it. Because people take pictures at these drummings all the time, and you don't see that. Hmm. Uh, but to see that energy was in the air before that storm even came through. You said 2004? 2000 and, um, I think it was, two, yeah, 2004. Wow. 2003, 2004. So were you, were you there when the drumming, were you a, he was a up part the of ridge. the group? You yes. were with them, yeah. on, on, with the group that was drumming. Right. And, and so this guy's taking these photos, and until later he gets everybody them developed. Everybody was taking everybody photos. Everybody there. Okay. And everybody, when they started getting their pictures back, because at that time you have right. to send your pictures yep. off to get them developed. Right. Yep. And then everybody's getting their pictures back going like, what's all these orbs in here? What's, what is this? And then he ends up making an album and collecting all that. Wow. They were getting upset at the photo processing center going, man, you screwed up all my pictures. <laughs> right. What the right. hell? And then... Uh, or he swapped them out. Then to top it all off, the uh, lady that owns the spring, yep, right across the from the crop circle, yep. her mother passed in that house the night the crop circle was made. Whoa. And she would not grow another crop in that field, and to this day, there's still not a crop. I was going to say, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen anything grow in that field. Really, yeah, she, she wouldn't plant. Was she just freaked out that it was going to come back? Um, I don't kind know. Kind of, I or don't know. okay. 
But it's just interesting that there's a lot of things that, that happen. That spring is right there. It's, and that spring has perfect. been this magical source of life yeah. for how, I mean, thousands of years. Right. There's kind of a structure built around the spring now yeah, there's a with cement. a tube and mm-hmm. everything. But back in the day, I mean, that was the spot. Yeah. yeah. Fresh water so No other crop circles have these orbs, a storm rolling in. It sounds like some UFO activity. Energy, yeah. possibly. Have you ever seen any other? Yeah. Oh yeah. Lights in the sky, <laughs> yeah. shapes. Really? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the night the crop circle was made, people. Now I didn't. I wasn't there when that happened. I was someplace else. But people claimed to seen blue orbs dancing around the field, and that's right on State Route 73. So people drive by there all the time. Right. Right. Guy, day right. night doesn't matter. Right. Uh, at that time, I was kind of skeptical, but uh, back. Uh, Right after I met Terry, uh, we'd met a fellow that had worked on the Chandra telescope. Mm. And he was a physicist, and he lives in West Virginia. And he comes out to the events, him and his wife, she's native. And uh, he said, uh, I want to go out there to Serpent Mound, uh, Reynolds. This, this is a long story, but that's fine. there's a kahuna in Hawaii. His name is Reynolds. And he okay. came to the event and did some ceremony there. And... Uh, just before he came to our event is is when we had that derecho come through and melt our power line. And then we we realized that the fault in the ground created the melting of the power line. But just before he came, that happened. So we had to do all our ceremony with candles at, at night. How, when we had, what, what melted your power lines? Uh, a, a fault in the ground, a ground fault, the one that goes past us from the crater. How did that melt the power lines? It, the derecho, 90-mile-an-hour winds, picked the energy up off the surface of the road and built it up on the power line, and we watched it melt in front of our very eyes. What? And then the power went out. But AEP came out. They did a survey about That's a week later, and they crazy. said, oh, you got a fault here. That's your problem. So AEP wasn't like, oh. No. Like, matter of fact, they this confirmed fault. confirmed it 100%. They confirmed it, right. Damn. Yeah. Okay, sorry to interrupt you. I I just didn't understand. I was like, I've never seen power lines melt, and I don't know how that happens. So So, I had a clip of this from our interview. Mm -hmm. This was way better, like, in this setting of telling that exact same story. So we're going to leave that a second. This is much better. (laughs) So so this is a couple years later. Yeah. uh, Reynolds calls up. And now Reynolds can see ships. This is the funny part about it. Day or night, he can see ships. ships. Chief Golden Light Eagle was the same way. He could call in ships, and he could see ships when you can't see them. I'm talking about UAVs. Yeah. And, and so uh, Reynolds calls up out of the blue, and he says, I want you to go to Serpent Mound tonight by the spring, okay, and okay. sit there. I'm calling in ships. He's calling them in. All right, so I take this guy from West Virginia that worked on Chandra. Steve is his name. And uh, Terry's daughter. And we went out there, and we sat by the spring. And it started drizzling, low cloud cover. And Aurelia, Terry's daughter, I said, go over there and sit on the edge of the spring. I want to take your picture. And it's totally dark in back there, no lights, nothing. And I flashed the camera, Ching got her picture, uh, nothing. You know, I, I, I just, I don't know why I did it. I just did. Yeah. So we're sitting there about another hour, and it started drizzling more and more. And then all of a sudden, seven lights come in under the clouds and circle us. 
These aren't these aren't big lights. They're like little orbs. Okay. But we could all there's four of us sitting there. We, we could say watch. a little how big if you I don't know how close it was to you, but you know, probably like the size of your light, maybe a couple feet across. Okay. But you, okay. But you could big see China them. globe. They were bright. Okay. And, and they came in and they circled us, the spring, and they left just like that, one circle, and they're gone. And Steve said, well, I guess the show's over. Reynolds called it right. He called in some ships. <laughs> well, Reynolds had blessed that spring when he was there a couple years before. And uh, actually with his wife, and his wife ended up passing mm. before all this happened. But uh, so I, we go back to the house, and I throw my drive on the computer on a big screen. And lo and behold... Behind Aurelia, against the dark backdrop, is a perfect triangle of seven lights. Hmm. They were there the whole time. They didn't show up until they showed you the circle. Right. Wow. But they were there kind of they were observing there. and whatever they were doing, but yeah. they were there before you knew it, and then they made themselves known. Yeah, it's bizarre. So you got the kind of the photographic evidence of before the actual in, I guess you could say, your physical experience. Yeah. And with the photographic evidence kind of coming in confirming that mm -hmm. this is and there's different this spectrums of it's, light that we can't see we know that right with our own naked eyes um and you know photography equipment whether it's you know paranormal whether it's spirits um you know ufo you know it's just what it's able to perceive is beyond our human eyes at that time. Mm -hmm. So that's really wild. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, how many times has the Kahuna been to the area? Mm, Does he live in Hawaii? Yes. Okay. A couple different times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the other instance we had at the spring, uh, talking about weird things, we were at the spring one day when Humbot's men came, and uh, he did a... Uh, a skull conference at Serpent Mound. And there, there's probably a thousand people there. Hmm. And everybody was up in the tower and down. And we're at the spring, right? Nice sunny day. Big old rainbow shoots across the sky right there over top of where he is at Serpent Mound. And it's like a clear day. Yeah. No clouds. And you got a rainbow? And he was up there doing his ceremony. So it's just... How do you explain it? You, it? you can't explain it. Right. But you, you get to witness these things, and it's just it's phenomenal. That's so crazy. I had never really dug into whether there was any aerial phenomena or, you know, orbs or light. I mean, obviously, knowing from Jeff saying the, the crop circle last time he was on, I knew that, okay, there's a little bit more to pull on there. There's got to be a little bit. And you having these stories, obviously, you've got a wealth of stories. But, <laughs> you know, again, it's just it seems like you're. It adds up. You might it not does. be inclined to see it at the time in the spectrum, but yeah. you're in that mix somewhere, right? Like yeah. you're doing something that apparently is, whether it's your innate sense, your being, your energy, whatever it is. I, again, I think it's really cool that he's like, hey, I'm going to call these guys in tonight. You want to yeah. go check them out? And uh, the last uh, reports of UAVs at, at our last conference uh, – was it the winter? Yes, it was the winter solstice. Okay. We, we were all outside at wooden altars around the fire, and I wasn't there. Darn it. 2021 or no, just this, this past just, one? Just past one. Oh, okay. And uh, they were out there. They had just done a despacho, and um, they. Uh, I think there was probably eight or nine people standing around the fire. 
and a line of UAVs went over the tree line from, from the main lodge all the way across the lake and out. But it was a line of several UFOs. Hmm. And they were just in a perfect line, and they went treetop level all the way across. And the oh, next, wow. The next morning, this little kid, I'm six years old, comes in the shop, and he says, I saw some UFOs, and it was cool. No way. <laughs> yeah, and then I heard it from these other people that came in. They go, yeah, there's a lot of people saw that. I said, did you get a picture? No. Was it reported? <laughs> no. Did Nobody reported it? I told them that go on, go on MUFON and yeah. at least make a report. Yeah. But... That's the kind of thing that you just go, all right, that's cool. They're watching us or someone's paying attention out there. I, it makes me want to move down there so I can see. <laughs> I, I would love to see anything like that or, or be able to. And maybe that's why. Maybe, you know, because I want to. I don't get it. I don't know. You know, I kind of always wonder how it works. But, yeah, um, yeah, to to just be around that energy or have that experience is something that, again, maybe they're there all the time and we just can't see them. Exactly. Right. Or like... Uh, you know, John Keel, the super spectrum, where, super spectrum, where certain things can come into when the the that time, that kind of like space, a window. Yeah. where this window kind of opens up. And with what we've been talking about, the fault line, the, energy, the crater, yeah. right. the serpent mound Vortexes. itself, the haunted house that you <laughs> live in, and all of these things kind of come together to create that window where maybe there are things from... Extra, maybe they're extra dimensional, right. Uh, right. not maybe so much physical, right. um, but something that's kind of seeping through this, uh, these like, I guess John Keel would call. I was call, wondering, how close is uh, Serpent Mount of Point Pleasant? Not, not far, really. I mean, you they're guys close? are from Portsmouth and uh, oh, from Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Oh, uh, Mothman, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, a couple hours away. A couple hours away. Yeah. yeah. It's it's more east. Point Pleasant is yeah. more okay. towards West okay. Virginia. Southeast. What I was going to wonder, too, you, so you said the house is haunted. Did anybody ever have a historical reason why? Was there a... Well, investigated... Terry yeah. thinks it's the ground energy. And that's what I was going to say, because kind of what it seems like it's all brought back to is... Yeah. I mean, the store across the street, Dollar General's haunted. Oh, that's a great story. And that... That happens that all the time in there. Can we hear uh, this? Yeah, good one. <laughs> and the help doesn't stay long either, believe no, me. No, they go so through they workers. Go, they go go over to the rock shop. At least it's not Tom haunted over there them. in the shop. Let's hear, can we hear a story about Dollar General? Uh, uh, Sorry. Well, you yeah. can leave the name names out, of course, of the workers and so forth. Well, yeah, 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 yeah of the, course. That's not a problem. There used to be a house across the street from us that got torn down. It was severely haunted. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. And and uh, paranormal investigators walked away from that. They didn't want nothing to do with it. No, I don't understand. That's what they're trying to figure out. Yeah, so but it was they... too crazy for them, you know, too violent. Well, I guess they're they're done with their job. Go find a new career. Well, now they can go to the store. <laughs> but Jeez, uh, as soon as that store opened, this is like That's funny. within a day or two, uh, one of the people that worked there was a manager. She went, went to the rock shop frequently, mm -hmm. good customer. She sends us a video, and she goes, you got to check this out. 11.30 in the afternoon, in the aisle where all the detergents are, on the top shelf, you got these great big detergents, you know. And one of them all by itself goes, Poof, hits the floor and goes Poof, all over the floor. Dang. Nobody around, just the camera, right? So we posted it. It's on our, it's on our site somewhere. On the, uh, I'll be checking that out. Yeah. Probably but after this. It, it's been one thing after another, uh, they talk, they move things around, 
the next instance was on a Christmas. The manager opens up the store, walks in, and there's a box of cookies opened up. And a few of the cookies are gone, and there's a, a line of change around it. And it's like, where did the, where'd the money come from? Right. right. And she said, I just swept it up. I didn't pay attention to it. I, I wish you'd looked at the dates or something. Right, right. right. Something would have been there. Clue. And so uh, that was just one instance. And then at Christmas uh, last year, they had taken all the sale tags off of the items and made a trail all the way around the store with them. What? This is while the store is closed, okay? And at night, sometimes the alarm will go off and the lights will go on and off. So something is in there fooling around, setting off their sensors, right? And you can see this. Yeah, I'm right across the street. (laughs) So Tom's like, I'm not going over there. Yeah. I'm good. I got my own problems. Back in the summer, the the, uh, helium tank they filled balloons with, the the whole top fell off of it and it until it was empty. What? And it, yeah. It's like, what? who did that, right? That's wild. But when you're in that store, sometimes the lights will be flickering on and off. Uh, but the, the, I, I solved the mystery of where, where did the money come from? Where did the change come oh, from? Oh, you did? So the manager's telling me, she says, you know, I was sitting in the office one day, and the safe opened up all by itself. Oh, my God. And I said, well, there you go. <laughs> The ghost of a bank robber. <laughs> Jeez. Um, wow. I, and didn't you have workers that would walk across the street and ask you questions? Oh, yeah. That didn't really know what was going on. It's like, hey, have you heard anything about the Dollar second, General being yeah. haunted? Second yeah. week on the job. And they're I'm, coming I'm over always, to and, and while they talk to them, they know all the workers by name. Yeah. And so they're very physical. And uh, The ghosts know the workers by name. Exactly. Okay. And I... I all right, yeah. I, I was back last summer. I was walking geez. down an aisle, and there's this big terracotta pot just came off the shelf and smashed in front of me. And I've gone, I didn't do it. <laughs> it's falling over out the of store. That's so, so wild. There's always stuff falling in that store. I mean, it's just, it's weird. It's poltergeist activity. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there's like some kind of energy, like this negative. Something happened in that house. Do you yeah. feel like it's a so your house isn't dark energy, right? Like across the street, that house was like you said, those paranormal investigators were like, We're good. Yeah, somebody died in that house, a little kid, and then there's a little kid that died in the barn next to me, too. Okay, and a boy and a girl, and they've both been seen playing in my yard by different people that have come in. What, so, yeah, so. And it's always a, like a, a foggy time, misty, and it's something that it just maybe makes them outlined. Uh, people have taken pictures of my house and seen people standing in the windows when nobody's there. Just things like that. So you know the spirits are always there. The cameras catch them. Uh, but it's, it's an ongoing thing. It doesn't bother me. I think it's funny. You said the fault so line wild. runs where? Right down Route 41. So that... Store is across the fault line. This, you're on the other side, right? And our think house that has anything to do with. Well, our house is is perfect west uh, facing. Okay. All right, and that's the way the Masons who built that settled that area. They were into trapping energy. Everything they built was north, south, east, west. So their west door would catch energy, and it, when you walk in their house, it's not connected to any other door. It's like a dead end. So all those rooms trap energy, and our kitchen is the worst place. Hmm. There's always something going on in the kitchen. Yeah. So you go in that kitchen and start cooking something, and instead of walking back and forth, you're going around in a circle. 
what the heck am I doing? You know? It's weird. Just discombobulates you and yeah. you're just yeah. not really sure what you're doing in your own kitchen all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's... See, when we've been there, it's been kind of hustle and bustle. We've been doing a production, right. helping out with the virtual event. Right. But I've never actually been in the house when there hasn't been something going on right. where it's kind of calm and normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure after we left that time with our big production and the van and all the cameras we and people. We had that storm rolling Did in. anything happen? Oh, that storm on the summer solstice was incredible. water coming down everywhere. It was I don't know what, what happened after you left. Like I say, a lot of this is just a blur. <laughs> yeah. But it, certain events really, really Kick catch my attention. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I thought I, I knew we were going to get into some of this stuff. I was hoping we would at least. I mean, we titled this Serpent Impact, uh, Serpent Mount Impact Crater, of course, but yeah. we may have to kind of take a look at uh, uh, what this episode is. Is We've covered so much ground. I mean, we're, uh, but that again, I feel like we got a holistic look of, yeah, you have the history and the data and the, kind of what Serpent Mound is as a, as a historical site. Mm-hmm. But then you have all these other things that are happening around That's what I'm saying. For years and years. And, and mm-hmm. uh, the geology and the history and the paranormal activity and the UAP phenomenon, the crop circles. I mean, does it ever end? It, I think is it, it starts... the strangest place in Ohio? Other than there. Athens, maybe. But Athens is the most haunted place I know hmm. in, I, in Ohio, if not the United States. But I'm 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 putting Serpent Mound uh, Crypto Explosion Area number one. <laughs> and, and the reason it's I say that, the reason I say that is because if you didn't know about it, you didn't know about it. You know what I mean? So yeah, there hasn't been nearly the traffic and, and mm-hmm. amount of eyes to be able to capture all these things right. and correlate. That's you know, a good is, point. So you know, it is very much in the boonies, right? You know, yeah. right. Hey, nobody talks about it, and that's what. Since we've been there, yeah, we talk about it because it's it's neat, you know. Yeah. Does that help other people kind of open up? Uh, yeah, yeah. There, there are people that, especially professional people that come in the shop, sure. And I, they start talking about stories that they have, and they said, "Well, we would never talk about this to anybody." Right. And a lot of it's you know the UFO stuff. Yeah. But uh, and, and the paranormal. I, I've had. Here's the thing: in the shop, I've had books disappear and come back three days later in hmm. the exact spot they disappeared from. And it's like it happens in the house all the time, especially hmm. something that I need. So I had a someone you know. I put this here, and yes. it is no longer here. And then all of a sudden, three days later, it appears where somewhere else or in the exact same exact spot. exact same spot. You left it and. Uh, my daughter's cell phone went from downstairs to upstairs in Terry's purse. That happened recently. Uh, she was hunting it down, and Terry said, I have no idea. Well, she, I called it Somebody or someone else up. called it. And it yeah, exactly. Uh, I had a thumb drive do that. I was supposed to do a lecture looking for the thumb drive. She's just in that drawer. Pulled the drawer up. It's not there. Went all through the house looking everywhere. We looked in that drawer three times, right? The fourth time I looked in it, it was there. That's so strange. So it's like a ha, ha, ha. Yeah. You know? I've heard yeah. of things like go. that happening it before, se- too. It yeah. seems like almost mischievous in a playful way. It is. And yeah. It's not uh, yeah. something that's like demonic or All right. yeah. negative, you know? I'm going to go out on a limb here. So you have people that see the kids in your yard, right? Right. 
sounds kind of playful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. The, Maybe they were over at that house as kids. and The freakiest one is the water turning on in front of you when you're at the sink. That's got to be the most unnerving. Not a leaky faucet. You mean no. just blast You see the out. handle turn? Wow. No, just, yeah, well, I don't know. I never looked at it like that. I just took the well, the water's on. I guess, yeah, I it's, hard to, it's hard to assess it in the moment. But, yeah, of course. But things like that, you know, catches your attention and I go, okay. <laughs> and I'm sure people have said over the years, well, how do you still live there? And you're like, nothing's ever tried to hurt me. So it's cool, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you're getting a front row seat to things that other people can only dream of you know and, and, and see you, and you probably get used to it have you gotten used to it no or you've just accepted really. it you've just accept accepted it. yeah yeah you can't really get used to the water just turning on. as long as they're not attacking it. me i'm okay right That's so funny. <laughs> they haven't pushed me down the stairs yet <laughs> have you gotten used to it he, his he was like no 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 I'm not i mean used to i would i that's so funny now, if I ever had to sell that house, it might be a problem. <laughs> right, right, right. But, yeah, do you have to disclose all of that to the potential buyer? Yeah, now, see, they didn't disclose it to me. I just had the guy, sure. previous owner, show up and say, well, you know, and, and the long story on that was he came back years later and said, we abandoned that house because of what was going on. Hmm. And he says, where's your bedroom? And I pointed to that room. He says, that's the worst room in the house. I go, yeah, there's a lot goes on in that bedroom. What was his? Uh, the did Dogon he say why they left? What was so he, bad? Why they left? Was well, it he's just... Baptist, very religious. Okay, mm. he's an undertaker. Okay, okay, okay. and uh, the whole family abandoned the house twenty-five years before I got it, and left the furniture and everything in it. Let's walk away from it. That's like movie story weird. But did that, you say the price changed? Well, the, the price the, got dropped the day he on bought you. it. The, the price dropped the very day I bought it. In uh, your benefit. Yeah. Oh, okay. it did so, drop the day you bought it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought you had paid twice. When no, it dropped. I, okay. I see what you're saying. I, I had done the research as far as getting a loan and all that, and the local bank, uh, for whatever reason, the real estate had it. It was on the market for several months. They decided, well, we'll just cut the price in half. And so I got it for half price. That's great. Dude, that's... And, but I had to have a cosigner because they weren't going to, even though I was in business for a long time, you know how business is. You need credit and all that. Right. And like, yeah, yeah, the banks, nah. Yep. But So I got a co-signer, no problem. But, That's good. Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> Man, it, now this is something that we can open up a conversation with. How cool would it be if we came down? I mean, is it disrespecting the area if we would come down and, and try to call in something or – uh, and and try to get something on camera. Is that disrespectful? Because I'm like, there's all this activity. I'm already plotting my there's camp out. There's some <laughs> kind of camp out or... I yeah. would like to yeah. camp out. I don't know. It's something to run across you guys, but... Yeah, yeah you'd have to kick that around, Terry. Yeah. It is to her, that would be kind of disrespectful. disrespectful. Yeah. And that's what I'm feeling right now. I, I wouldn't want to like, film there, it as much as I just want to... want to experience. I want to experience it. Yeah, yeah. right. yeah. Yeah. Without and not in a like eat popcorn experience, you know, while I'm on my I mean like right. be out there, be out there. And that's why I'm out there. And that's you yeah. know to you know, be present for that. Dr. Stephen Greer, uh they go out to and do their research. A lot of it's meditation based. Mm-hmm. They do a lot with bring, lasers. Uh there's they try to draw on like UFOs. The drumming and I know there's chanting and different yeah. like meditations that they can which you guys have been doing that stuff with yeah. Bill and the Crystal Skull meditations right. and right. and I feel like like you a know, protocol. Uh, I've been chatting with Bill a little bit and trying to get him on the show to kind of see what he's been up to. 
um, and, you know, talk about the Montana megaliths that he's been to and some of those kind of little adventures. But uh, some photos that I've seen uh, from Bill is those crystals, the Mitchell Hedges crystal, crystal skulls, if um, if you guys don't know what we're talking about. It um, is the crystal skull. It yeah. is. Yep. And, and Unequivocally. So we met Bill actually at Tom and Terry's event. Yeah, he was one of the speakers and brought the skull out, and it's still on uh, on the Serpent Mount Star Knowledge YouTube channel. And it's coming uh, back in the spring. And it's right. there we go, full circle. Yeah, and Bill oh, wow. is going to be at uh, Serpent Mount Star Knowledge, the Spring Equinox Peace Summit, and uh, that's when Bill said, "Hey, I'm going to be in Ohio. Maybe we'll do the podcast then." So we're either thinking about jump it on with him either before or after your event mm-hmm. uh it's still kind of being worked out but we're hoping to have bill homan uh the mm-hmm. keeper of the mitchell hedges crystal skull yeah in studio and he's a fascinating guy oh yeah and it's really cool how you guys have been collecting crystal skulls and and have actually gifted us a few ourselves <laughs> old smokies in the other office yeah, the but, crystal skulls in the um, office these are uh we've kind of been brought in into the crystal skull world after that event and are now keepers of our own skulls thanks mm-hmm. to you guys did a little ceremony uh with everyone up on the stage and in front of the cameras and terry uh gifted us with with you guys uh and that was just a really cool a really cool day to, to come home with our own after that was wild such and that was really kicked off what we're doing now nice. and nice. so oh yeah you guys were a big part of uh you know really kind of helping uh us up with that um oh and kyle's bringing it in right now this and is it, and it old smoky <laughs> and this is on a, is a, nice. a light pedestal that's awesome smoky quartz man yep. that's hefty <laughs> and it's got uh just a significance to us mm-hmm. this really represents the early days of the strange road when you know during the pandemic we were doing started this podcast as a project and right. the first event we really did was the summer solstice with you guys which was hey uh I contacted your wife. It was like, hey, we're these weirdos from Columbus. Can I we, remember that process. Can we help you bring your event virtually? Come on uh, up. Because yeah. I had been in contact with her to just come out and shoot some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, David Lone Bear was someone I was trying to get out to your event. And so he was supposed to speak at that. Uh, and then everything got shut down. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of reached out to her and said, hey, we have this uh, technical ability to bring your event virtually for, um, you know, it's a real bummer that, uh, but we can have something on a small scale and and you guys build an awesome stage out there. And, um, we, that's where we met VJ and we met, uh, really got to know you guys really well. Uh, and we met, um, I want to say, sheesh, we met, uh, Rashad and Abe Mellish, Mm-hmm. And some of those guys that during your events, he'll be back. Uh huh. Yeah, he's doing well. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, super, super talented. Um, but uh, Rashad Green, right? Am I getting that right? I'm not the, sure. The drummer. I'll have to double check on that. But it's um, a blur. Yeah. Again, <laughs> you, guys, <laughs> you guys have so many people. But that's our crystal skull, everybody. We yeah. love it. That's. Uh, very, very high regarded. E.T., the Crystal Skull, 
that's kind of like the essence of Strange Road, pretty much. I'd say it fits. And <laughs> that, that can visit with the Mitchell Hesses when it comes. Yes. And they can exchange information, yes. which is kind of cool. We yes. definitely need to do that. Yeah. Definitely need to do that. And we did have this next to, for that whole day, we put this up on around. There was a, a little table. Oh, yeah, the Mitchell yeah. Hedges Crystal Skull. That's right. The static and then so we it's had... been there. Okay. Terry, yeah. 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 Terry had some of your guys' skulls, and then that one was out there all day, too. Yep. It's your guide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's old Smokey. And you kind of gave it that name in, in a roundabout way, reasons I'm not going to get into. Don't be but. surprised if you uh, show up at home and it's sitting in your rock shop somehow, and we're like, where the hell did oh, that yeah. thing go? Hey, Mikey, the skull. Mikey lost that? the crystal skull, and then all of a sudden it's, yeah. hey, uh, why do I have your skull in my rock yeah. shop? That'd be The something. vortex. That's so cool. <sighs> cool. Oh, my God. Guys, this Great has episode. been awesome. Like, Jeez, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, and and again, I still have more questions. Yeah, well, I, I'm happy to wrap it up. I, because, we don't. We can keep going. No, I would like to wrap it up because otherwise he's never getting home. Yeah, <laughs> I think the only solution <laughs> here is we might have Tom. more conversations down the yeah. road. Um, but I have uh, too many questions. You know, just to kind of touch on the Serpent Mountain Impact Crater Tour. Yeah, with Tom Thomas Johnson, uh, the video is available. Uh, now on YouTube, and then the DVD collector's item is going to be v- available at the House of Fake Ops Rock Shop, uh, Tom and Terry's alternate universe. And you guys have a definitely an alternate universe happening over Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Um, but we have some images here of 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 the uh, the DVD package that um, we put together, and it, I think it turned out really really cool. Um, and we show. Um, kind of the uh, what you're seeing here is just really just like a Google Earth of the whole area, which I thought was kind of neat. To mm-hmm. um, you can really see that up uh, top down view of where the crater is. So we thought, man, mm-hmm. that's so cool. Let's just make it part of the DVD cover. Right. Um, yeah. But Kyle did a heck of a job with the design. We worked together on kind of the Great. little bits of it. But nice job, beautiful. Really excited to be able to honor you and terry uh with this uh to have for sale and um continuing to do your tours in person but also having the ability to send someone home with uh with the dvd as well and they can yeah. um, right have it as kind of a collector's item um but uh, i found guys- a similarity with how you said you know he's done this tour for 25 years and he's yeah. never never filmed it never, never recorded never written it down it's Hell. like i can identify my family playing music our entire lives and people are like right. oh where's all the video who, who no records video. this yeah right. we just i would have but right? i was like, a kid yeah <laughs> you just do it so I, I can understand that after a while you're like i've never thought about recording i just know all this we did once we live streamed your family yes. yeah uh during covid too one of the yeah. first things we did was his brother and his their band uh did a we live did a porch stream concert. on their porch and sent it out to the community be any gatherings or groups yep right and then right around that time is when we helped you guys with, with yeah work. so those two things boom right that was here. like a beta forerunner mm-hmm. yeah keep it going absolutely. absolutely so yeah if you're down in the area around serpent mound check out serpent mound check out the house of fake cops rock shop stop in talk to tom if he doesn't talk to you it's probably a doppelganger <laughs> right they don't talk 
<laughs> if he, he ignores you, it's a doppelganger. <laughs> if he's telling you stories yeah. and telling you go to the water serpent, especially because yep. yep. I know Tom sends a lot of people to the water serpent yep. and has kind of been the, the word of it's mouth. not a wild goose chase. For that place. It's well it's worth, worth going it. down there and checking it out. Absolutely. Um, and then, Tom, I don't know if you wanted to just let everybody know where we can find you, um, but you're, a little bit about your event, whatever you want people to be aware of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just come come out in the spring, uh, March 18th through the 20th at Woodland Altars, and uh, get to meet everybody. And uh, you'll meet a lot of interesting people. Absolutely. With like minds. Very open. And uh, enjoy the atmosphere. Yeah. And uh, I can't thank you enough for producing the DVD. Uh, like I like I say, it's been 25 years and nobody nobody's bothered to do it. But yeah, uh, and in that time, I've written books and taught here and there. And and then uh, you guys come along and boom. So I I can't say enough to. Thank you. Oh, man, you're so welcome. I mean, your wife was definitely Terry. Um, big shout out to her. Absolutely. Uh, Terry sings with Ravens Rivera. She has uh, was definitely the, the idea. It's like, oh, well, that would be incredible, you know, capturing Tom's tour. Right. So, boom, we were totally into it. Um, just loved the idea and came out and really just shot everything in one day. Mm-hmm. Um, went through several phases of editing the last, you know, however long it's been since it's been a little bit. And I think we landed on the edit that you see now is super solid and um, kind of got it in a really, really tight. And so it turned out we couldn't be more happy with the way it turned out. Yeah, it's, a, it's good. It's very good. It's, and of course, you being the driving force of all the knowledge and knowledge base of of you know everything that um, that we're kind of uh, allowing you to tell your story, which was great, and share your knowledge with the impact creator and oh, the yeah. area in general. So yeah, um, I'm like a capacitor. I'm uh, collecting energy. Perfect. I was about to say, the next time you come back, I'm going to have the same sentiment of I have more questions because you're Good. only going to gather more than I can answer. <laughs> so it's perfect. It's yeah. absolutely perfect. We should take you out digging sometime. I would oh, love that. Man, yeah. I would absolutely love that. Go into the past. <laughs> I, um, uh, I've gone morel hunting when you said earlier one time with a uh, former coworker in southern Ohio. I'd never gone morel hunting. And mm-hmm. all I told him was, you just have to show it to me once. I just need to see it in the landscape. You won't have to worry about me the rest of the day because be all of spotter. his, you know, friends in the in the sticks were looking at me like I had hair down to my shoulders at the time. I was wearing the five finger toed shoes, and they were like, "Who is this idiot?" <laughs> and we got done, and the guy that was sizing me up, and I knew he was. Afterwards, he goes, "Man, I had you all wrong." Yeah, he goes, "I thought," and I said, "I we know exactly what country. you thought." I said, "I'm a I'm a city kid that grew up a country yep. kid. We're I love to be kids. in the woods finding snakes, turtles, frogs." Whatever animal, but I would love to go on a dig anytime. All right. Yeah. Anytime. Love to. You say uh, when. Yeah. And, you know, we're the Strange Road. Absolutely. And you can find us on all social media platforms at the Strange Road. Yep. Um, the YouTube page has been really rocking. Yep. You guys are liking what we're doing on all the audio platforms yep. Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Google. What, what's your handles? Apple Podcasts. Where you at um, on Insta? Instagram at Mikey Leesner at Bob Brandley. At Bob Brandley underscore um, Twitter. You can you can find us. Reach out yep. to us. Um, but one thing that really 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 helps us is going to that YouTube. If you like our YouTube page, 
Please hit subscribe, subscribe and like, hit that notification comment. bell because when we go live, you'll immediately get notified. Yeah. And we're not, uh, we go live at a lot of different times. Right. So, you know, if you're subscribed and you hit that notification bell, you'll know exactly at least to remember, start. hey, I'm at work or I can't watch it now, but, you know, I want to tune in later. Yeah. And it, it does help us uh, with, uh, with YouTube and, and and then also in, in Spotify, Apple Podcasts is is uh, giving review, us that that five rating. star rating, yeah. uh, five star bust. Well, that's what Justin England says. Five, five star, stars are bust. Five stars are. You're bust. not leaving five. Don't uh, worry yeah. about it. But yeah. because <laughs> we have to work with an algorithm, right? We're fighting AI, and I like to think that this conversation would like to be heard by more people than just me and Mike and Kyle and anybody else that's tuned in. And that's what we're really trying to do. And that's what I was saying earlier, preserving this information yep. and giving right. it a platform to have a reach to where your 25 years of touring and giving those tours obviously had an impact. But can we amplify you just like Serpent Mound yeah. amplifies the energy of those around it? Right. Yep. Right. And that's I, our I, mission. Yeah. And, and just to add a little bit, Terry is the, uh, the mechanism for this happening. Right. Totally. Uh, if totally it wasn't is. for Terry, you guys probably wouldn't be interviewing me right now. Right. <laughs> uh, so she, she kind of like, she's a catalyst that brings it all together. Yeah. And even though she's not here, she is. I'm Absolutely. glad you brought that up. I'm sure she's watching us right I've now. I've felt 100%. Terry in this room the entire time we've been here. Yeah. So, Good. Good. Um, Absolutely. you know, uh, and guys, we have a Facebook group coming very soon. Right now we have a Facebook page, uh, which is going to probably end up being more geared towards the business side and, and the uh, video production stuff that we do. and uh, But the Facebook group uh, is really something we learned from Tom and Terry. They have rocking Facebook groups. Uh, right. The House of Face, Fake Cops Facebook group and the Alternate Universe Rock Shop. Yeah. And you guys have the Serpent Mound Star Knowledge group. Mm -hmm. How and would so, you expect anything less? <laughs> yeah, I would. and they've I got mean, so many people interacting constantly. So yeah. we got a Facebook group coming. Uh, keep an eye out for that. Please do. Um, we're c constantly putting more uh, videos and and everything. Uh, trying to be consistent. We appreciate everyone. Also, okay. follow, follow Kyle Stonard yes. on uh, Instagram because that is the wizard. Yep. He puts up uh, a lot of interesting links and um, information about our show, etc. So check him out as well. Yep. Make sure you follow Kyle. He's got a bunch of RC car yep. uh, reels yeah. and awesome it. analog photography. It. So that's all for us, guys. Thank yeah. you again. Thank you for hanging We're out. Thank you. Tom Peace. Johnson, thank Tom. you. Right. Thank you. Absolutely. You're welcome. Thank you. Awesome Appreciate time. Ball. All right. See you guys. Later. <laughs>